praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's pray together. Oh God, we are we're hungry for you. We're hungry to know you. God, we, we're at times it's it's like a, being in a, a drought and, and we get dry and and hard and we need your presence to soften us up. Lord, come, speak to each one of us. Reveal who you are. Reveal our hearts to us. And help us, oh God, to follow after you and to know you. In the name of our Savior, Jesus, the Messiah. Amen. You may be seated. Anybody seen a, uh, an advertisement this week from McDonald's? Probably. Some say no. No signs. You haven't seen the sign. You well, McDonald's spends millions and millions of dollars every year to remind us that they're a restaurant and that they have food. And they do that because we forget, don't we? We forget things. We forget, you know, where are we going to eat? Well, you know, and so if you watch TV, you're going to see ads from McDonald's reminding you that, that they're there and that they have food to sell you. Because we forget things. We have to be told over and over, I'm a husband. Any other husbands out there? I'll, I'll hear Dawn say something and be like, oh, I, that's a great idea. And she says, well, finally, you know, she's told me 20 times. I'm like, oh, sorry. But we're like that. We laugh around here sometimes, you know, because we'll have an event coming up and we'll advertise it. And we'll put it in email after email and we'll send out text messages about it. And we'll say it on Sunday and we'll have pictures about it. And every so often something will go out in the mail about it. And, you know, so we say it over and over and over and over and over and then every so often, well, with some regularity, somebody will come up to us and say, you know what? You should talk about that thing. People need to know about it. And we'll just kind of laugh. But we're, we just, we need to be reminded of things over and over. And I think today's parable is another reminder to us of repentance. We've been talking about repentance around here for weeks. We're in the middle of, of three days uh, of huge national and international repentance that's going on. Yesterday was declared to be a day of repentance. It's been planned for for years. And, and I hope you got a chance to watch the return, at, at least some. Uh, today is, is a day that another group in our nation, a group of pastors, you know, people like Francis Chan, if you've heard of him, a group of pastors said, we need a day of repentance in the church. And so they chose today and, and sent out the word. And, and we just, I just found out about it two or three days ago. But today is Repentance Sunday. And thousands of churches are joining in on that today. Tonight at sundown on the Jewish calendar starts Yom Kippur. It's the day of atonement. It's the day of, of repentance. So we're in the middle today of three days of big time 
repentance. We've been talking about repentance because of our gospel readings. We've been talking about it for weeks. And today is another day. It's a reminder that God wants us to have soft hearts and to turn to him. Um, the, this parable that Jesus tells today, it, it helps us figure out what the condition of our heart is. Because our hearts are of vital importance to the Lord. Uh, our, our hearts are the core of who we are. It's not just our feelings when the Bible talks about hearts. And again and again, God calls us to return to him, to come to him with all of our hearts. And at times he'll say with your actions and what you do. At times he'll say with what you say. But he always calls our, our hearts to him. And this parable helps the religious leaders that Jesus was talking to to kind of have a mirror to look at the condition of their hearts. And I think he'll do the same for us. Because if the, the point of it is if our inside doesn't change, it doesn't really matter what our outside is doing. We may say the right things and we may put on the appearance of being righteous, being God's friend, having it all together. But if our inside doesn't change, if our heart doesn't change, if the core of who we are is turned from God, then it really doesn't matter. Real change has to go deeper than just how we behave. We cannot behave ourselves into a good relationship with God. It, it doesn't last. Just having a strong will and changing the way you behave isn't good enough. It doesn't last. Has anybody ever gone on a diet? It's got to be in your heart. It's got to be in the core of who you are. And this is another reminder. So this is what it says. We just read it, but there's a conversation that's been going on between religious leaders, you know, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, the ones with theology degrees and, and letters after their name. They're talking with Jesus, and they've been talking about all kinds of things, including John the Baptist, who comes up in this conversation. And, and Jesus is trying to get them to open up. And he says, so what do you think about this? And he tells this short little parable. There's a man. He had two sons. And he goes to one son and says, hey, son, go work in the vineyard. And the son answered, I will not. Which would have been a jaw dropper in their day. Today, I mean, we see that all the time. I mean, it's, it's on, you know, all the shows, you know, it's, it's just part of the comedy that we have. And kids are rude to parents because parents don't know anything and. You know, I mean, we're accustomed to this. But in their day, they weren't. They were much closer to the idea of you honor your father and your mother. And especially when they're telling you to do a good thing. You know, if frankly, if you live in America, I don't, I don't really care much beyond. If you live in America, then you're one of the top 50% wealthiest people in the world. We do not face here what they face in so much of the world and the kind of life that they lived there. Going and working in the vineyard wasn't doing a chore like cutting grass. 
This is how you eat. It makes sense to go and do it. Right? And so this was kind of a jaw dropper. He won't go? What kind of a son is this? That was just shocking. It wasn't just rude. But Jesus says, but later he changed his mind and went. So he started off just doing the wrong thing, but he ended up doing the right thing. And and then he said, the father goes to the other son and says the same thing. Go and work in the vineyard, son. And this son answered, I will, sir. Showed honor, showed respect. Good boy. But, and maybe this happened to you, you know, when you were younger, teenager, younger than that. I mean, things just kind of get away from you, don't they? And the son went back and he, to play one more game on Xbox, and <laughs> he ended up not going at all. And that wouldn't have been okay to Jesus' audience either. It's lazy, it's disrespectful, it's wrong on so many levels. But, but they would understand too that it's easy to say things. It's a little more difficult to follow through, isn't it? We know that, right? And then Jesus asked this simple question. It's almost too simple. You know, you always wonder, what does Jesus have up his sleeve? Is he trying to, to get you? Uh, If you're a religious leader, he says, which of the two did what his father wanted? And you see the answer up here, but if you didn't see the answer, what would you answer? Yeah, the first one. And that's what they answered, said the first one, right? And that's obvious. Uh, The first son, at least he came around. But then Jesus takes a twist in this. And it shows how brilliant Jesus is. Because he takes it to a place, I mean, he could have easily gone on and and talked about, well, then you need to do the right thing. That would have been an easy teaching out of this. It's probably where they were expecting it to go. Jesus doesn't go there. Jesus goes somewhere else, and it's jaw-dropping the the amount of of, uh, introspection that they would have had to do with the next thing that came out of Jesus' mouth. Jesus was so full of truth and love, both, when he said this. He said, I'm going to tell you the truth, you religious people. You, you theology people. You, you, you churchgoers. I'm going, to, I'm going to say something that's truthful, but it's also loving. There are tax collectors and sinners who are entering the kingdom of God before you. You think you're in the front of the class, but you're not. And then, it doesn't say this, but I bet, I just bet, I bet, because this needs some introspection, I bet Jesus was quiet and just let that sit for a minute. Because the the kind of thought, what starts to go on in somebody when they hear this? Especially when they think I've got it all together. I'm doing the right things. And, and I just imagine that they would start going like, what? 
tax collectors and sinners are getting into the kingdom of God? They're doing what God wants? How can they be doing what God wants? That just doesn't make sense. And they're doing it, and somehow they're, they're ahead of us. We're not, do, we're not stealing from people. We're not turning tricks. That just doesn't make sense. You're, Jesus, it's almost like you're saying, we're the first... Wait, let me think about this. Jesus, it's almost like you're saying, we're the second son. Like they're the first son. That at first glance, they're doing the wrong thing, but then they turn around and do the right thing. It's almost like you're saying we're the second son, saying the right stuff, and but not doing it, not following through. Is that what you're... That kid, really? And these thoughts are probably going through their head. And they have to start saying, how could I be like the second son? Is that true? And, and that's really, I think, what Jesus is doing when he tells this parable and makes this statement. Is he's kind of holding up a mirror and saying, why don't you just look at this for a minute? Where do you, how does this reflect on you? How does it reflect on you and me 2,000 years later? I mean, these are folks that know the right answers. You know, they've been to Sunday school. What's the right answer? Jesus. It's always the right answer. Yeah. They know the right answers, but he's saying there's something. There's, you're missing something. Um, it's, it's talk and not action. Uh, that they would have they would have understood that. I think that was part of their culture. Jesus's brother James, you know, wrote down something, and we have it. It's, it says, "Faith without works is dead." You can believe something, but if it doesn't come out of you as a result of your belief, then it's really not something you believe. It's just a thought you have. And I think Jesus is, is kind of pointing out that it's easy to say things. It's, I relate it to this. It's easy to confess sometimes. We do that every Sunday. We did it this morning. But I'm willing to bet, <coughs> maybe in this room, maybe online watching us, maybe in churches elsewhere, because there are thousands of churches, there are millions of people around the world today who did what we did this morning. Confessing. And they may do it heartily. They may say, you know what? I really am thinking of some things that I've done that I shouldn't have done. Or that I haven't done. I should have done it, but I didn't. But I think that there are probably people who are confessing this week the same thing they confessed last week because there wasn't any change. And that next week they're going to confess the same thing that, that they confessed this week because there wasn't any change. Yesterday, watching the return, uh, somebody said something. I've paraphrased it here because I thought it was really good. Confession is what you do on your knees. But repentance is what you do when you rise up from your knees. 
And we don't just need to confess. We need to repent. We need things to be different. Oh God, I confess I've got an anger problem and a bad attitude. Forgive me. Thank you. Next week. Oh God, mm, that anger problem. Yeah, I've had it again this week. Forgive me. Repentance is being different. Doing something when you get up from confession. Now, that implies that at the point of confession, we need God to change our hearts. We need to open up and let God do some heart surgery on us. To change us so it's not just a matter of our will, because will runs out, that, that makes the change. We need to be different on the inside so that we can be different on our outsides. God is the one who does that. We're the ones that confess our need for it. We're the ones that allow him to change us so that we can move into it. But we have to do the work when we get up from our knees. He will do the work while we're on our knees. But we have to do the work to keep what he has done. Otherwise, it's just talk and gums flapping. But Jesus is connecting some dots for these people. And he wasn't done. He goes on. He says, John came to you. And, and we know from the context, just paragraph or two before, they're talking about John the Baptist. And does John really have authority? And I don't know. He's weird. You know. I, and, but Jesus brings John back up. So this applies. John came to you to show you the way of righteousness. What was John doing, by the way? What was he preaching? Repent. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. God is here. About to make some changes, but you have to change. John came to show you the way of righteousness. And the way of righteousness is repentance. Not just confession, but but being different when you come up off your knees. And you didn't believe him. You didn't repent, you religious people. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did. They are changing. They're doing things different. Now, just a question, a little conversation here. How would he know that they were changing? By their actions. What might these actions be? Stopping. They stopped doing what they were doing before. Tax collectors not taking advantage like they'd been doing. Prostitutes not turning tricks anymore. They were changing. And, And Jesus even makes the point, even after you saw this, and he's saying, you religious people... You saw this. You see people changing. Now, they may not have it all right. Now, now, just between you and me, I'm a professional Christian. I can say this kind of thing. When I began a relationship with Jesus, it was real. 
And it was deep. And my heart changed. And I had I found a relationship with God. And I was close to God in ways I had never been. It turned on a dime. And there were problems in my life. I was a mess. I was a mess in several ways. My mouth was a mess. I couldn't talk around my mama the way I talk around my friends. You know what I mean? And it took a while before God said, okay, son, we need to talk about that. I was probably a couple of years into following Jesus, you know, and just watching what I said around certain people. And God was like, no, you've got something in your heart we need to get out. And he dealt with me. I didn't, my whole life, I didn't look pure and perfect from day one, but I was different day one. So these people were probably, religious people were probably looking at prostitutes and, and uh, tax collectors. And while some things were changing, they didn't realize how much has changed. They, they probably weren't perfect people right away. And so they were judging them because they weren't perfect people. But they could see that there were changes. Even after you saw this, Jesus said, you didn't repent. They repented and you saw what a change was going on and still you didn't believe. You haven't repented. You haven't started coming closer to God as a result. This is the mirror that Jesus was holding up in front of them. Yeah, you're the second son. When they thought that they were the best of both sons. We are saying and doing the right things. Jesus said, no, actually look. You're not. You're religious, but your heart isn't in it. And I think it's a mirror for us. I think it should hold up a mirror of introspection to us. I think God does want us to grow up eventually so that the change that he does on the inside of us makes its way all the way out. Uh, In our reading from Philippians, we're told to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that's a farming term, work out. It, It talks about how when you plant a seed in the earth and it's underground and it starts to sprout and it begins to work out from the earth and bear fruit. And the the picture is, God has done something amazing in you when you come to Him through Jesus. He does something amazing. You've got this brand new life in you that you never had before. But it's got to work out and come out. And your inside has to come to your outside. And that takes repentance. You, You have to put to death your flesh so that you can be clothed in Christ. There's more to do than just admitting that we're wrong. God wants us to be whole. He wants us to be mature and complete. He wants us to realize He's coming close. He wants us to be humble enough to repent. We heard that again in Philippians, where our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And then He talks about that attitude, and it shows how humble Jesus was. Though he was in very nature God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be held on to, but became a servant. He humbled himself even to death on the cross. 
And I think that's our call is to be humble. Don't stake our relationship with God on what we can do well. Stake our relationship with God on the humility that brings us to realize we need Him. And therefore repent. So that He can change us from the inside out. And any time we're like the religious people and we're more concerned with somebody else's outside than we are with our inside, we're missing the point. We might be missing the Lord. Sometimes the first thing that needs to change is us. Does that sound familiar? I really, I, I truly think that God is on the move. In a, in a new way. I think that yesterday was a significant event in our nation's history and the church's history. I'm seeing signs here at All Souls that God is on the move and that something is different in our body because of the repentance that's going on in some lives. And I'm not talking about, well, you sinners just need to straighten up. That's not my point. My point is that, that there are some people who are coming alive to God and what he wants to do in us and through us. And that's not just happening in all souls. I think that's happening in the church, across our country, and around the world. I think that God is doing something. I don't know how significant it is, but I think it's very significant. And that we better buckle up. That God is calling us to repentance not just to confession. Confession isn't enough. He wants to do heart surgery in us to bring the new heart out of us in all that we do. And that's what Jesus is calling for here. Don't just be content that you're cleaner than somebody else. Be humble to seek after the Lord and that He would change our hearts. Wake up. Don't get complacent. Don't fall asleep. And let's do what the Lord wants like the first son. Amen.